Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This individual will kill and he will rape. He will do anything he can um, to cause harm. So please be aware of your surroundings. A rising star in the tech industry, honored by Forbes at the young age of just 26, had her life cut short. And now police have apprehended the person who they suspect brutally killed her. Master criminal investigator Dr. Troy Looney comes on to give his insight into the case. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Let's go over to Baltimore, Maryland, where 26-year-old Pava LaPere, the co-founder of a startup called Ecomap Technologies that connected companies and investors, was tragically killed. We're talking about the loss of a young woman who was in the prime of her life. LaPere was named on this year's Forbes 30 Under 30 list for social impact, and at only 26 years of age, she was well on her way to becoming a titan in the industry. I had my life entirely mapped out, a blueprint for how I was going to make a change in the world. So now let's give you a timeline of what we think happened here. So she was reported missing on Monday, September 25th. Her body was found just hours after that, with reports suggesting that she was found on the roof of her Baltimore apartment building. And while a cause of death hasn't been officially confirmed, authorities did say that her body sustained blunt force trauma, and it seems that she was also partially clothed. So who would have done this? Well, authorities have announced that they have just arrested their prime suspect, 32-year-old Jason Billingsley. He was arrested at a train station about 30 miles away from Baltimore. We know that SWAT officers arrested him without incident. He was wanted on several charges and is now charged with first-degree murder, assault, reckless endangerment, all in connection with LaPere's death. He is a violent offender, arrested multiple times dating back to 2009 when he pled guilty to first-degree assault. He was put on two years supervised release but was convicted in 2011 for second-degree assault and sentenced to two years in prison. But then in 2013, only months after being released from prison, he strikes again, and he's arrested for what is being reported as an attempted rape. He pleads guilty in 2015 and is sentenced to 30 years in prison However, all but 14 years, some outlets saying 16 years, were suspended, and he was released after serving seven years, not on parole, but on something called good time credits, released on October 2022 on mandatory supervision. He's listed under the Maryland Sex Offender Registry in the most serious classification. Billingsley is also now charged with another brutal attack on a man and a woman in Baltimore just days before LaPere was killed. The woman was tied up and raped. Her neck was cut. Their home was set on fire. They both survived, thankfully, but they had to go to the hospital, and so did their five-year-old for smoke inhalation. Now, police say they knew that Billingsley was the suspect in that attack, but they say it was targeted, so they didn't think that Billingsley would go on to commit more random attacks against people. That is possibly why the police didn't publicize his warrant 
but unfortunately, he is now believed to be behind Pavel Lapierre's murder. In reference to the homicide of Ms. Lapierre, we are still processing all evidence to determine exactly what occurred. We do know that there was no forced entry into the apartment building, as this was a secured building. We don't know if there are any connections previously for Mr. Billings. This is what we will continue to investigate as well as the incident we have in Sam. I want to be very clear that in reference to both incidents and throughout these investigations, all information that was provided was based on preliminary details available at the time. Every BPD officer received notification of the warrant on September 20th, and they were aggressively trying to capture the individual and to locate his whereabouts and take him into custody. Cincinnati has been continued to be our number one priority until his capture last night. Our WATF task force, as well as the U.S. Marshals, started to track him on September 20th, and we tracked him all the way until we captured him yesterday. Meanwhile, LaPere's family, friends, and colleagues are mourning her death that really just came out of nowhere. Baltimore's Mayor Brandon Scott spoke about the loss during an earlier news conference. Uh, Pava was a very young, talented, devoted Baltimorean, uh, someone that I had the opportunity to get to know over the past few years, who would help anybody that she would see. And to have uh, that life cut short uh, by someone who has no care about anything other than harming people is something that should sit deep in the stomachs of all Baltimoreans tonight. And in a statement to Law and Crime, her father, Frank LaPere, said, quote, Pava has been an inspiration to so many people. She was driven, creative, hardworking, and relentless in her efforts. With her wonderful team at Ecomap Technologies, Pava made an impact in every endeavor she undertook on, and on every life she touched. She will be forever missed as a daughter, sister, granddaughter, niece, cousin, and loyal friend. We hope to be able to provide more information in the near future, and we appreciate your understanding that privacy at this time is our top priority. So there are a lot of unanswered questions at this point. How did police narrow down Billingsley as the suspect? What is the motive? Was there any connection between Billingsley and LaPere? More information about could he have been arrested sooner? Why was he out to begin with? Well, I'm joined right now by Dr. Troy Looney, a certified master criminal investigator and detective with the Akron Police Department, and also... Long Crime Network's nominee for America's Greatest Detective. Detective Looney, it was great to see you this past weekend at Crime Con, Crime Con at the Clue Awards. You were one of our nominees. I got a chance to meet you, and what a pleasure it was. Yes, thank you. Pleasure meeting you all as well. Um, thank you for the nomination. That was amazing. Amazing time there at Crime Con. Yeah, no, it was, it, was a, it was a great time. A lot of recognition for Sidebar, a lot of recognition for you. Um, so it was yes, a great time all around and uh, very well deserved. So I wish we were meeting... Yeah, I wish we were meeting under better circumstances because this is an incredibly sad and tragic case. Before we even get into the investigation and the law, what are just your overall thoughts on this? Uh, again, so yeah, a tragic crime, tragic incident that um, unfortunately happened. Uh, my initial thoughts were um, looking at the details that have been reported at least uh, up till now. Uh, what happened, uh, looking at uh, such a prominent young lady in her prime and really um, basically uh, has achieved so much in such a short time and um, what happened. So my first thought was location, um, understanding details that had been released. Um, I understand there was a missing persons call that took place before she was discovered there. And this is um, a seven story building. It's my understanding she lived at the luxury apartment at the top, lived and worked 
out of that location. So just trying to put some ideas together, reason why this happened, motive for it happening, was there any relation or connections or um, any other potential persons of interest also uh, relationship, if any at all, maybe it, there was no connection at all. I believe that's what's known up to this point in time. So just considering who made the missing persons call, what the timeline was of both parties, of the victim and perpetrator, and um, just trying to put the details together. I know law enforcement's not allowed to disclose everything because they have to keep the integrity of the case intact until they can complete their investigation. So that's a part of uh, what we all probably are wondering what's, you know, what took place and why. So let's talk about the arrest because that's the latest information. Police had a press conference upon the arrest of Jason Dean Billingsley, 32 years old. He was arrested late Wednesday, charged with first-degree murder, assault, reckless endangerment, all in connection to LaPere's death. And what's really interesting is he's arrested two days um, after she's found, which you would say great police work. But I want to start with the most controversial aspect of this case so far is that apparently a warrant was out for his arrest for a different crime that happened before LaPere's death, a rape and arson incident. There was a warrant out for his, attack, for his arrest for this. This is something that left, uh, he, he had tied two people up. He allegedly uh, raped one of these people, set them on fire. They both survived. Um, really brutal, brutal case. And in this house, there apparently there was a five-year-old that had smoke inhalation and had to be taken to the hospital. So there was a warrant out for his arrest, but we, they said that this attack was targeted, so they had no indication that he was going to commit more crimes, and that is why they didn't publicize the warrant before LaPere was killed. Are you bothered by that? Um, in the sense of, um, I wouldn't say necessarily bothered. I, I guess there's a concern, obviously, but you know, working from the law enforcement side, you know, the media always wants to know, you know, what's going on, what details do you have, what can you tell us? But in speaking to, you know, the case integrity, uh, it's, it's imperative for law enforcement to first and foremost, identify what happened, understand who all is involved, who's responsible, and then what evidence can lead to um, 100% or at least a, a definitive answer of who's responsible, what can be proven also, what has to be disclosed or protected for the integrity of the case. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Um, obviously, they cannot always share details. We're actively tracking this person by these means. Uh, we know who it is by surveillance or witnesses. You also have to protect the witnesses involved as well. So a lot of factors come in. We love to disclose 
everything initially, but that will jeopardize the case potentially. So it's uh, it is of concern to know, but that kind of makes sense. They kind of gave, gave some clues as to he's a person of interest in the crime that occurred, the break-in, rape and everything else and fire arson. So that does leave some idea of, or maybe the questions of what is the motive was the second attack also targeted or what is, what, what's the means behind that? But even putting that to the side, this is somebody, okay. there was a warrant apparently. I mean, the way I'm understanding it, a warrant out for his arrest for a violent crime against two individuals, you would think yes. they would want to publicize that, make sure that he is caught immediately because even if that was a targeted attack in their estimation, he could still yes. be out there and he's a danger. So I guess I'm just curious, could this have been prevented? Could they, if they, if he did kill LaPere, if it was publicized and could he have been apprehended sooner? Right. Yes, Jesse, I, I do understand. And that's an ex- excellent question to uh, consider because, you know, several factors, uh, not just the incident, that's bad enough in itself, the previous incident having an active warrant, but also um, even the release of Billingsley it's in itself. So a lot of things to consider and um, further for further discussion, but was he, should he have even been released from, prison on parole with his right. past. He's a repeat violent offender. Uh, he had prior sexual assaults, a sentence of 30 years, only served four, uh, four, 14 years, well, actually nine years, three months of the 14. So a lot of things to consider, but that is a concern. I'm sure the public will, will weigh in on that as well. And we're going to get into his past in a second, but I want to focus on the killing of uh, Pavel Lepere. So no investigators have indicated that she, they believe she was killed on a Friday night and her body wasn't found until Monday morning. This was only a couple of okay. hours after she was reported missing. That yes. timeline, and again, they, they haven't, I, as far as I can tell, officially confirmed that her body was found on the roof of her apartment building. But the fact that they believe she was killed um, you know, on a Friday night and she wasn't found until Monday, what does that tell you? Okay, so what stands out to me there, that tells me that a couple things. Obviously, with the pathology and the medical examination or autopsy, uh, timeline will be determined as far as um, time maybe for uh, temperature and, and other factors that scientifically can um, definitively say we know this to be true, maybe in extent of injuries and or the entire examination that will take place. Also, other factors and other evidences such as video surveillance, uh, tracking capabilities for devices and or social media and what have you, all that factors into the evidence, the scene itself. Uh, the building was secured there. So by what methods of entry were gained? Was it by external fire escape? Uh, the fact that she lived on the seventh floor. So this was like a luxury penthouse and, suite. And, and let me add to that. They have indicated there was no forced entry. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that means the building was secured. So there are other questions. Was there some connection unknown or was it also a targeted effort because she was prominent and uh, lived and worked at the home uh, work office, home office, and luxury apartment. So things that also stand out are what's the motive? Um, we do know the mother had reported seeing him with a gun maybe a day before the attack was, was identified or somewhere in close proximity, and he was trying to sell this weapon. So was he trying to gain some kind of financial um, monies or monetary to plan his, his uh, exit or to leave town? So he already knew he was on the run. If he's, in fact, the person that did this, having the active warrant, he was already uh, planning his escape and planning uh, to leave 
the you know, location. Also, obviously, him being caught at the train station, he was trying to, to get out of town and avoid yeah. capture. Let's talk about that, um, and then we'll go back to the crime scene. So apparently they pick him up at night at this Mark train station on Laurel Bowie Road in Bowie, Prince George's County. It's in Maryland. I think it's 30 miles away from Baltimore. He wasn't out of the yes. state, right? He, but it looks like he yes. was trying to escape. That's that's absolutely right. So him being at the train station is an indicator. He was he knew obviously after media uh, had reported active warrants for the uh, Lapeer killing or um, crime that occurred. So he knew of that warrant. Still, he also knew he was a person of interest in the other crime that occurred with the assault, arsons, and so forth. So he actually sent text messages reported by his mother. Uh, he sent text messages between the two. Uh, saying he was, um, she urged him to turn himself in, but she was concerned for safety, obviously, um, and wanting him to be just, you know, come forward. It's, look, it's hard to make sense of any of these crimes, but if he is yes. guilty of all of this, what I don't understand is if he attacks two people in a very violent crime, why would he go out of his way to then kill another individual? Why wouldn't he just try to make, you know, run out of there? Why wouldn't he try to leave town as soon as possible? Why kill another individual? Because, again, right now they don't have any connections between Billingsley and LaPere. So it, it, it's a question of why he would have done that. Absolutely, yeah. The question is always why. You know, we don't always understand or we may never learn the motive or intent. Uh, it would be interesting, his interview, if he chooses to speak as to what took place and um, or request a lawyer. But, um, the interview would be um, significant in understanding maybe some factors, uh, his uh, mental uh, capacity, what he's been dealing with, um, what his focus may be or have been, the reason for him trying to have um, to gain money or uh, sell this weapon for whatever reason. Maybe it was because he wanted to get rid of the evidence that he had used previously, or maybe there's other crimes committed with that. Um, but it does uh, bring to light, you know, what what's the reason for this these incidents that took place in these these killings and, and we're speculating a lot because we don't have a, information I, I think the reporting Absolutely. indicates that with respect to the arson attack he had um you know made himself look like as, as a maintenance worker to gain access to the building okay. I, I don't know if that was something similar that happened with lapair's building and also you make if it's true that her body was found on the roof which i feel is an odd place for the body to be found not sure if she was killed there or the body was moved there but does that tell you anything about what might have happened? Uh, yes, actually, what that may indicate, and of course, it's uh, media reporting, so they may have used the term roof, but that being, the, it's a seven-story building uh, from a photo that was shared. And if she lived at the top penthouse suite, that just may be the top floor. So if that is, in fact, her residence and workplace, uh, that is the top floor. So essentially, it could be considered mm -hmm. the roof, but it does... Um, factor into, you know, what was the position, how, how was she found, where she was found, is there other evidence and clues to show, was there a struggle that ensued, or some attempt of defense, so that'll all factor in also with the uh, autopsy and uh, examination. The, they haven't uh, officially, as far as I can tell at this point, confirmed what the cause of death is. They have said that she sustained blunt force trauma. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so my understanding of blunt force trauma is it's uh, when a physical uh, injury or trauma has taken place to the body by way of falling, 
an impact or by an attack. Uh, essentially, there's commonly severe blood loss in that case, and uh, also the severity depends on the extent of injuries and or by what mechanism the blunt force was was delivered. Mm, and and um, it seems, again, and I'm going to go into his history in a minute about what he's accused of doing in the past, or I should say not even accused, what he was found guilty of, um, you know, assaults okay. and, and sexual-related crimes. It would seem to be, if he did do this to Miss LaPere, it is consistent with that behavior. Um, but before we even get into that, as I said, there appears to be no connection at this point between Billingsley and LaPere. If this was just a, a random act of violence, how, how is, that, is that uncommon? given what we're seeing here, or is that to be expected, given Billingsley's past? Yeah, so essentially, again, it's going to depend on the um, mental, I guess, culpability of the individual. You know, what was he dealing with? Um, we can look at this in maybe the suggestion of a crime of opportunity, whereas he was desperate to get out of town to acquire monies and or objects to sell. So we know that it was reported he broke into the first um, incident to that residence location where he tied the people up and assaulted them. Uh, this may have just been a break-in um, by opportunity of, of right. the external right. fire escape and or posing as a maintenance individual to get some items to, to sell. It, it's horrifying uh, to think it about. It's, um, it's really terrible. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're trying to make sense of it. Uh, it. Thank goodness he was arrested and apprehended two days Absolutely. after this. I mean, that's really great police work. Um, we don't know exactly how they identified him in the first place. Do you have any theories about that? So, uh, again, it's going to come back to the evidence that has been uncovered or discovered, actually. So it could be video surveillance. Uh, there could be eyewitnesses that have identified seeing him at the location or near the location or leaving the location also. So. Um, There'll be a lot of uh, forensic um, investigations and testing, DNA, potentially uh, forensic evidence, again, video surveillance, maybe even audio. So contingent upon, you know, the timeline of how things took place, how things happened, what investigators are looking at. And that'll be extensive as far as interviews with work, coworkers, family, friends, relatives and neighbors. even. And you think they're talking with him right now or they're trying to get him to talk unless he's lawyered up? Well, it, that depends. I'm sure uh, initially when you have uh, you make the initial apprehension, they're transported to a facility and uh, they should conduct an interview with him uh, almost immediately just to while it's, um, you know, in play. So the arrest is in play, actually. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I gotta ask you the big question. It's the question that a lot of people okay. are talking about with respect to Jason Billingsley. How on earth was he out to do this? Because I mentioned his past. He was sentenced okay. to 30 years in prison in 2015 and all but 14 years. I think there's been reporting 16 years, but 14 years was suspended. Yes. And then he gets out in October 2022, not on parole, 
but on something called good credits. Walk us through how this is possible. Okay, so my understanding was been reported, yes, he was sentenced to 30 years for his previous violent crimes and also sexual offenses that took place. A 30-year sentence issued by the judge, and that judge didn't feel that was enough time. So essentially how this happened, is my understanding, is um, there was a plea deal that was offered and accepted to suspend 16 of those 30 years from his sentence. So still serving or facing 14 years, he began his sentence and served nine years and three months of his 14-year sentence. The good credits that you mentioned is a part of the Maryland legislation, legislation and legislative laws in place to reduce uh, the population, the prison population. So these good credits could be work-related inside the prison, educational, other um, jobs they can um, potentially do to work days off from their sentencing. And uh, I believe he was actually denied parole in 2020, denied parole in 2022 earlier, and it became a mandatory release after he accumulated enough credits to have served his complete sentence. Uh, I did look at the law briefly, and it mentioned um, very specifically a violent crime or crime of a violent nature um, with a sexual offense, but the person or individual would be 16 years or younger. So that could be revisited, or maybe should be potentially revisited for amendment. Uh, there's no perfect way, you know, this, everyone has rights, of course, we understand that. But with that factoring in, there are 38 states that have these laws in place already. Um, there are four that are not in agreement. So the 38 states have the laws for good behavior credits towards reducing prison time and uh, the time they, they're served or they've been uh, they've received. It's just shocking that he was even eligible for the good credits given his past. Now, I should tell you that the mayor, the Baltimore mayor, Brandon Scott, has criticized Billingsley being released and said, quite frankly, uh, he shouldn't have been on the, he, he, he said, quite frankly, he shouldn't have been out on the streets in the first place. We also know that the circuit judge, Emmanuel Brown, who presided over this deal, uh, didn't agree yes. with it. Um, apparently said this yes. is not under the guidelines of 15 to 25 years. Um, said, quote, this case deserves a lot more than the 14, meaning the 14 suspended years. And what, and, and apparently, I think there was a sign-off on this deal because it would have allowed the survivor of this sexual assault to not have to testify at trial, which you and I both know is a very traumatic experience. It could be very painful. So sometimes Absolutely. if a deal can be worked out, it could be the best thing for all parties. But at the end of the day, if he gets out early, and attacks multiple people, attempted yes. murder of two, kills another. Yes. yes. What happened here? Exactly. Yes. So that has to be explored and um, discussed further. Again, maybe to revisit some of the uh, good credit behavior legislation in place. Uh, again, he's a repeat violent offender, as reported, served time, and was issued that 30 year sentence for the very reason the violent sexual assault. So, yeah, a lot of questions. Um, to be answered or at least discussed. And I should tell you that the Baltimore City State's Attorney Ivan Bates said at this press conference after the arrest of Billingsley that if Billingsley is found guilty of these most serious crimes, uh, they're going to seek life in prison without the possibility of parole. He said, quote, this individual okay. will never get out to see the light of day again. And I think that uh, given these allegations, and obviously 
he is innocent under the law until proven guilty. But given these allegations yes. and given what he's charged with, I mean, it's pretty horrendous. I'll give you the final word on it. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, absolutely. Unfortunately, this took this happened and um, um, we, we don't always know why again, but hopefully we can have some uh, some sort of understanding or better uh, details as as they complete their investigation or continue their investigation. It's just a shame. It's a really, really horrifi- horrifying series of events. Um, two people brutally attacked, and now we have a, the loss of a life. I said it before. Yeah. I'll say it again. She was in the prime of her life. It was going to be a titan in the industry. Just should not have happened. Really sad to think about. Um, and we're going to continue to monitor this story as it progresses. Yes. But Dr. Looney, Detective Looney, great to see you once again. Thank you so much for coming here on Sidebar. We really appreciate it. You too, Jesse. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone else. I really appreciate the time. And um, Thank you. It's a tragic case, but we can, um, more, more details to come, I'm sure. Absolutely. Thanks so much, sir. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's all we have for you right now here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. Speak to you next time.